0: Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradz, and on this episode of the podcast, we break down Ontario real estate prices, specifically what we're seeing around rents and investment property prices that we're dealing with with different investors all across Ontario and the greater Toronto area. But before we get to that, we got a big announcement. We just finished the Your Life, Your Terms event. The next big thing coming up is the Rockstar Entrepreneur Summit on June 7th and 8th. If you haven't checked this out yet, look, here's what we want you to know about this. We got into real estate specifically because we figured it was the best vehicle to help us build wealth for ourselves and our families and our legacies the the other big thing to help us grow financially and grow personally has been starting, starting our own business. We figure there's no other better way to create wealth for you and your family than through real estate and building equity in your own business. And that's why we're, st- we we're hosting the Rockstar Entrepreneur Summit. This is something that we wish existed when we were starting out because Nick and I are sharing all the different things that we do and have done to build Rockstar. So this isn't some business theory stuff. This is actual on the streets the principles the strategies and the specific tactics like exactly how to get customers ringing your phone sending you emails walking in your front door so if you haven't checked that out yet you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit which is S-U-M-M-I-T. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash slash summit. We have some pricing discounts ending really soon, so you're going to want to check that out shortly. It's June 7th and 8th at the Oakville Convention Center, so just on the west side of Toronto. We have a great group of people coming out to that. This is a little bit of a more intimate thing, so we can definitely spend a lot of time all together talking about the nitty-gritty details. Um, So uh, you can check that out again at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. So, on with this episode of the Your Life, Your Term Show. It's myself, uh, Nick and Mike DeZorm all chatting about different areas all around Toronto. We start off with uh, a little bit of a chit chat around population uh, growth and what we're seeing around the population in Ontario. And then we share different price points and rents that we're seeing with different styles of, of investment properties. So everything from student rentals to rent to owns to second suites and straight rentals and the, and the whole bit. So there you have it, let's get on with the show.
1: Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge?
0: real estate,
1: business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Caradza.
2: Are you ready? Let's go.
0: Okay, so I just wanted to start with this population stuff that we talked about the other day. Check this out. So the over the la- I'm gonna read right off the Ontario government's website. Over well, that's the- exciting. I know, no, I know, but I'm mystified by. I'm looking at. It. I have like a confused face on my face right now. L- listen to this. Over the last 12 months, Ontario's population grew by 233,000 people, higher than the growth of 216,000 during the previous year. So up until two years ago, it looks like the population growth in Ontario was just over 100,000. Now it's like 233,000 over the last. Um, Twelve months, and then listen to this: Immigration to Ontario was thirty-one thousand in the fourth quarter of two thousand seventeen, up from twenty-one in the same quarter over the previous year. Ontario received forty-seven point nine percent of all immigrants to Canada in the quarter. So forty-seven point. So Canada, Ontario is basically getting half of Canada's immigration. And in November of two thousand seventeen, the federal government just up their immigration quota to get to 340,000 annually by 2020. So if Ontario's grow, population is growing at this, it's almost more than double than I thought it was growing at. I don't know if this is going to continue. But doesn't that seem crazy to you guys? It, it does. It's, it, I just, I, I, I can, guess I was just not looking at that number. I feel like
1: you can feel it. When I drive along the QEW now compared to even like really legitimately compared to a few years ago, it's a different feeling. Like it's busier. I used to, if, you know, if if I had to go west from Mississauga or Oakville to, to the Hamilton Niagara area, you know, you could leave any time in the past. You could leave any time by about what three o'clock or so, and yeah. you're usually pretty good, mm-hmm. right? Now, at one rush hour starts at mm-hmm. one thirty. You're hitting some traffic if you're. Yeah, going the
0: that HOV way. lane in across like Oakville Burlington is almost useless. No. Coming home anyway.
1: I don't know. Not all of us got a green, had a green <laughs> yeah, plate. No, to use why it? did I
0: get my green plates? It's our busy HOV lane. But I mean, for real, this just seems like an insane amount of population. It does. It
1: definitely feels like there's more people, for sure.
0: And then um, if you compare it to the states, hold on, I'm just gonna bring this up. If you compare it to the states, like listen to the so yeah, listen to this. When we go to Homeland Security's website in the States In the only places in the U.S. that are comparable to the amount of immigration that we're getting, so the state of Illinois, so Chicago, we're bigger than Chicago, Toronto's bigger than Chicago, Um, but Chicago or the state of Illinois gets 40,000 immigrants a year. Ontario's getting like 100 and change. We're getting more than Illinois. The only states that come close are California gets 209,000 immigrants a year. Or yeah, but they, their
1: population is the entire population of Canada.
0: Yeah, no, but hu- into a huge population. And only 40% of it settle in L.A., which means that less than 100,000 or about 100,000 will settle in L.A. What's which the population is du- of L.A.? L.A. Who is know? like 18 million or 20 million people. Yeah, so it's a bigger, a substantially it's a bigger po- Well, well it's, du- it's a double yeah. than the greater. The Golden Horseshoe Area is about uh, 9 million, just under 9 million right now. So, yeah, it's double population getting about the same immigration as us. The only other place is the state of New York looks like, according to Homeland Security, is getting 130,000. So that's kind of similar, and all of that's going into New York. So Toronto's basically getting the most or pretty much tied for the most immigration into a metropolitan center in North America. I have a funny
1: feeling you shouldn't say Homeland Security too many times like, no, like I know. if you say like homeland security 3 times on a podcast people I was start was sharing this at the last of people start listening in
0: you know and i was sharing that at the last event is the only website i've gone to when i go to the stats canada's website or the ontario government website i don't feel like anyone's watching me on the homeland security website i feel like every click is being monitored and i have to be totally like secure on this website or it's but, the uh, opposite
1: that 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 website's like the absolute worst website it's probably not monitored they're not monitoring anything on it
0: but think about that for real estate investors. Like we're investing in the greater Toronto golden horseshoe area and we're getting the most immigration than, or, or tied or close to about as close to we, we can see as the most immigrants. in. I know the, some people
1: are thinking about, about it so I'll ask you what about but what about the people moving out of the province because those numbers those Ontario numbers include all that stuff. Yeah right? no those are that that's 230
0: net. that's a net number. Like, it's just completely staggering to me. And then, you know what else? I was just looking at it. I just did this before you guys sat down. They have projections from, um, on the Ontario government's website here, there's projections from 2021 to 2026, that five-year window, and their projections, so who knows how accurate they are. It's the government. They're not going to be accurate. But uh, it's like 168,000 a year. So the whole idea that Ontario's population or this area was, was growing at like 100,000 seems almost like it might be low. Like this area is kind of exploding. Like, I don't know if this area is like exploding in in population, but that's across births and deaths. So what they did is they looked at births and deaths, immigration, uh, net migration into the province and out of the province. And it was still a net population growth of 233,000. Anyway, I'm just stunned by it. I, I can't believe it's, I just think that we're blessed to be investing in this area with this kind of population growth. And then i wanted to ask you guys about stuff you guys were talking about and nick it was i think it was to your point about just like people how you were talking about the condo market and like as that is a bit of a barometer for looking at what's going on in the rest of the golden horseshoe
1: yeah well i mean you know in surrounding areas people might not pay attention to the toronto market but it's really important to pay attention to what's happening in toronto because it it drives so much of what happens in the suburbs because of affordability in Toronto just all of a sudden, you know, if you cut prices half in Toronto, then a lot of a lot less people are going to want to be living in the Durham region or up in Barrie or things like that. They might they might be happy to move into the city if they're working in the city. So the Toronto demand and supply, you know, fundamentals down there matter a lot because it's it's what drives a lot of other stuff. And we've seen it over the recent years. It's it's why there's been a lot of price appreciation in outlying areas because as affordability got tighter in Toronto, more people that were looking in Toronto said, okay, forget it. I can't afford in Toronto anymore. I'm now, you know, there's city people that said they swore they would never live in the suburbs and they're perfectly happy now moving out to the suburbs because they can't afford what they were looking for in Toronto anymore. So... That's why it's always been important for us to kind of understand that market. Even if even if we weren't ever going to invest specifically in Toronto, I, and I'm not saying we wouldn't um, or aren't. But um, but it, that's why it's important for us. I, to, and to I understand think the it.
0: crazy part for me is that when people used to leave Toronto, it was like, OK, I'm going to move to Mississauga. But what I'm hearing now more is that people are not just leaving Toronto. They're leaving Mississauga and they're going to places like St. Catharines or Brentford. You know, like, we're talking about, like, places that I never thought we were going to be talking about well, look, as a population. Not even
1: place. that. Look at a number of years ago. Barrie Barry was cottage country. I mean, th- and th- this, Barrie has not just been cottage country for a long time now, but Barrie was cottage country. That's what it was, right? And now it's really a bedroom community of, of Toronto, right? Look in the Durham region. There was all sorts of jokes about Oshawa, you know. It was the schwa. It was like, you know, like, and I'm a you know, so now that I've offended some people, I feel like we can really start. Um, so, but, but there, there, we legitimately, grew up in Mississauga. Enough people made fun of Mississauga. Yeah, that's true, too. But, but legitimately, there, there were. Now now it's like a viable option for people
0: or, or, or further out. So We grew up in Mississauga. Mike grew up in Toronto. He was probably making fun of us when he was growing <laughs> up.
2: <laughs> we have uh, Speaking of uh, people and where they're choosing their place to live, we have a friend from Niagara, Sarah and I, who works in Toronto, she rents in Toronto, but she's asking us to find her a place in Niagara Falls. So when she, you know, settles down and wants to move into a home, she doesn't want to live in Toronto. She wants to live back in that property in Niagara Falls. So the, 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 the her goal is right now is for us to find her a property that she'll rent out for five, 10 years. And then she'll move back to Niagara Falls after she leaves Toronto.
0: Wow. Her but family's she, from Niagara Falls, I guess. That's where she's ri- from originally. Correct. Yeah.
2: She's the girlfriend of the boyfriend who gave us that top secret Bloomberg tour in New York City. Oh, cool. There? Yeah. The yeah, girlfriend yeah, yeah. of
1: the boyfriend.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was a great tour.
0: That was a great tour. <laughs> yeah. That was one floor of all free food. Remember? It was That's great. Right. I was yeah.
1: yeah. I had fun waiting for the guy because it was like a full on free for all for all the yeah. all the treats you could handle.
2: And then yesterday, uh, Sarah and I—it was our seven-year wedding anniversary. So at three o'clock, we left to head to Niagara on the Lake. From um, are Oakville. you about to
1: try to tell everyone of how something special you did to your wedding anniversary <laughs> no, to throw us no. all <laughs> under the bus?
2: No. So we were fortunate. We grabbed the HOV lane, but you're right. Yeah, it was it was it was slow, but not compared to the regular lanes, which were gridlocked. And that was all the way out until we got past Hamilton. But what I noticed is from. Going towards Niagara from the end of Stony Creek all the way out to Lincoln, which is about a 20-kilometer run down the QE towards Niagara, we're really locked in between. You want to talk about the water and the Greenbelt? We're it's really tight. locked in. It is a tight, tight, narrow there. corridor, and I never, I never really paid attention. Because, I always
0: stare at the map at that section. I don't know why. Yeah,
2: there's two other items. There's the highway, and then there's these power lines that you know the city's not going to do anything with those. They're going to keep them there. So between the water, the highway, the power lines and the green belt, it's a narrow run. So you got to go up on top of the mountain. That's why s- places like Smithville are exploding right now. Stony Creek, top of the mountain, exploding. Binbrook. Binbrook exactly, yeah. yeah. Niagara. Yeah. yeah. You got to make that yeah. skip. Right yeah, over yeah. to Niagara. And Niagara. I
0: never used to associate St. Catharines with Niagara.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's part of the Niagara region, right? Correct. And that's where it opens up. So once you get into St. Catharines, exactly. it opens up again. And that's why St. Uh, Catharines has been so strong, Well, look too. at Brooklyn,
1: Ontario. You, you yeah, probably yeah, exactly. know where Brooklyn, Ontario yeah, is. Yeah. The first time someone told me they moved out to Brooklyn, Ontario. So for anyone that doesn't know, it's on the east side of the city, pretty much north of Pickering is, I guess, one of the borders there, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and when someone's like, they're moving to Brooklyn, yeah. I thought they were moving to Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a Brooklyn, Ontario. Yeah. And now Brooklyn, Ontario is a viable option. 407 is right there, mm-hmm. right? There's communities being built all through, yeah. all through that. And now with new infrastructure, there's been there's been huge growth over the last number of years there and there will be continued to be because people are being pushed out of these more expensive areas right on the 401 mm-hmm. and they're being driven a little bit further out to where the affordability is. No different than what's happening, though you guys are discussing the west side of the city, I'm discussing the east. Same Same dynamics just different location on the other side of the city right
0: and i think i remember nick you were recently sharing the condo kind of prices like how much condo prices and rent grow like condo prices have gone up like crazy rent of condos has gone up like crazy so just as yeah so
1: so the condos are the new in toronto condos are the starter home Right. That's basically been the trend a number of years because of affordability. The starter home is no longer like a single family detached or, you know, the bungalows that there used to be. It's pretty much turned into the condo. So when that became fact and less people could afford the detached, all this money is poured into the condo market right and that's what's been driving i mean there there has been a number of ve- investors but that's what's been driving the this price point that's the change and that's why the real estate market right now is still the on um, the higher end higher priced homes is still a little bit slower whereas you're looking at the smaller starter categories are active in in pretty much every area that that we're we're seeing it's very active in that category and in toronto that's the condos and 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 townhomes right the prices year over year for those things are up about 20 from 2016 to 2017 we're up 25 percent in you know as a as kind of like a whole i I don't know if this maybe i'm looking at a graph here it's somewhere between 20 and 25 it looks closer to 25 so that's the price per square foot um jump that that's gone on but that'll come back down because even a little bit 2017 was abnormal like you're not going to have those jumps year over year right but rents at the same time we're up about 11% so those are those are big numbers but what you, what you'll see if you look at the same uh, similar graphs you'll see that the, the income required to purchase a condo um now in the greater toronto area is at about a $100,000 up from just over 80 um just under sorry 80 last year at the beginning of 2017 it was just under $80,000 and now it's gone up to about a hundred thousand, and the move from about eighty-five to a hundred—that extra fifteen thousand dollars of household income that's needed—is because of those new mortgage rules. Those made it tighter for everyone to be able to qualify. Um, so, so like even you know even for the, from the affordability factor, people still need more income to even be able to qualify for these homes. So to that's to buy them, which because less people can afford them, even though we still have a demand issues there. That's what's causing the jump in rent prices, right? Rents being up 10 or 11% year over year.
2: For sure. And with the cost per square foot in Toronto, we're looking at roughly like in between $1,000 and 1100 a month for a, a condo to, to purchase. But uh, on the outskirts, you're looking at about almost half that. But the rents are not half of what you would be getting in Toronto. It's only a couple hundred dollars difference, which makes it so attractive on the outskirts to grab some of these condos. Talking about that narrow corridor run towards Niagara, um, after Stony Creek, a lot of condos are being built there. But that's actually a really good scenic view, like between the highway and the Lake Ontario. Why? Because you're looking at Toronto. You see, yeah, this, you yeah, see yeah. This, the smog the Toronto. No, you're well, not. Yeah, no, it is a good yeah, view. It you're, you're good past view. Hamilton, so you're not yeah. catching any of the unless you're on the
0: back right? side of the condo and you're just looking at the factories. In the highway. You're in right. the highway. Well, but if you lake, get a high you, enough floor, you'll be yeah, looking at the that's escarpment. Right. Yeah, yeah, you look over it. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget when I was uh, at still at Oracle. I had to install a database in the middle of the old Stelco plant. There, it was when it was still Stelco. I literally felt. I don't know if it's like sulfur. I don't know why I'm saying sulfur. Yeah, I right. felt like sulfur was falling from the sky and yeah. just sooting me yeah. as I walked through this whole thing. And I went into this big, uh, right into the middle of the Stelco steel plant, and you walked outside, and it was like old barns, like it was weird kind of setup, and uh, I walked into one little shack, And it was like five guys in there playing solitaire on an IBM server that must have been worth at the time like (laughs) $100,000. And they're playing solitaire. And I was there to fix it. I just remember it was a hilarious thing. But you're right.
1: Solitaire was the advanced. That was advanced gaming at that time. Yeah, yeah. There was
0: these guys like in big construction boots and just playing solitaire on this like super uh, awesome computer. Anyway, um, yeah, 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 you're right. That's a small corridor and it Mm. is a good view. It is, yeah. I think, but uh, but you you said $1,000 a month. You mean $1,000 a square foot to purchase a condo. Correct, yeah. In Toronto. Correct. And it's like half of that in the outskirts.
2: Correct, per square foot, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a little bit of an arbitrage play because if you can buy it for half of that in areas where you know it's growing, but rents aren't half of that, you're yeah. kind of like winning.
2: For sure, yeah.
1: Yeah, and if the population trends continue, if people keep continuing, willing to move out to those areas, even though... some of those areas don't really have jobs to be fair. They really are bedroom communities, right? There are some other areas that have jobs and have that type of stuff um, and have that type of pricing as well. Yeah. There's
0: opportunity. And the reason I like talking about this stuff so much is I just think with everything going on in the world, that if you can find a good property that uh, pays for itself, I still think it's the ultimate asset to own. Like a lot of people, whenever I'll talk about that, some people will challenge me and they'll say like, yeah, but you know, house price, it's a bad time to buy it's a bad time to buy. Prices are overvalued. But I don't think it's a bad time to buy if you can have a a rental property where the income pays for the expenses. Mm -hmm. Because Nick, this is something that I've shared with Nick before. I'm like, hey, the way I look at prices is they're going to go up and down. There's no doubt. Like I don't think real estate prices are going up uh, continually by any means. But I think they're going up and down. It's like carrying a yo-yo where the yo-yo is going up and down while you walk up a set of stairs. Like the prices are going to go up and down, but long term, if you keep moving and Mm. keep surviving and staying in the real estate market, the prices are going to do you well. I don't think the Golden Horseshoe area is going to be an area 10 years from now where people are going to look back and say, oh, it was a good thing we didn't buy. For sure. Like, I really believe that it's going to be an area where you think, wow, uh, there was this window where I could buy some property and it's passed. And it's kind of awful to think that way because I don't know what that means for the next generations who want to buy homes. Like I think it's just going to be generation of renter after renter. you know. Mm-hmm. So and Nick, you were saying the condos, like uh, even now in Toronto, half of all condos are purchased by investors who are renting them out.
1: Yeah, it was roughly half by half. It was an urban nation. I think urbanation CBC did a report um, together that they released those numbers. It was roughly roughly half half. But what was more interesting is out of uh, um when they analyzed the numbers, So the rental, the income relative to the mortgage payments and condo fees, they they saw that about forty five percent of those were negative cash flow, which is interesting for a couple of things. Because first of all, like, you
0: know, in real estate,
1: negative cash, negative cash flow. Well, anything is like negative cash flow is not really what you want month over month. It's easier to buy
0: anything that's negative cash flow. It's easy to find. But it
1: is easier to find. But banks banks won't like you like if you have negative cash flow properties and you continue to try to go for mortgages, the banks definitely don't like you very much compared to if you have positive cash flow, right? You limit the the opportunities available to you for mortgages. But um, it it says something about what people were looking at. And one of the authors of the report, uh, Benjamin Tall, when listening to him, he was explaining that when you were... To understand like the condo investor mindset people are buying these condos at negative cash flow because they feel that they're just because, gonna go up in price well because of these facts not necessarily just up in price they just feel that um, the area what's happening in the area so similar to what we were talking about the immigration uh, the infrastructure the, the development of, of this area some of the restraints on um, on the land available for future development that type of stuff is going to cause this area to become more dense and, you know, with these underlying principles, they, then the prices will rise. So it's not just, I, I'm sure some people are going into it blind thinking, well, it's real estate, it just goes up, which is not the case, right? But if a lot of these trends that have been kind of long-term trends continue and there's no signs that they won't, well, then prices might be—you know go up because the supply and demand fundamentals are getting all screwed up,
0: right? Real the- estate's such a funny thing in the last 10 years because... The people who were just buying for like negative cash flow like 10 years ago can look back at all of us and laugh because they're all say, hey guys, you were so focused on positive cash flow. Look what we did with these condos. They were negative cash flow, but who cares? We're double in price. Look at all the equity we have. Um, But in our minds, it's always just safer to buy positive cash flow because if there's ever a downturn, you're going to survive a nickel. Like you're saying the banks like you and stuff. So, but there's those people who bought negative cash flow blindly and they look back and, and kind of laugh. But then there's also this other segment of the real estate market that looks at us like today and says, what are you guys talking about real estate? Like it's so overvalued. You can't don't, you know, don't buy it. And I feel like telling them, hey, This is one way to sidestep a little bit of the financial system to own your own assets, have full control and have properties that pay for themselves. So like you almost have like these two groups, like one is so super pro and they look at you as a person who wants positive cash flow and kind of laugh that you've missed opportunities. And then there's this other group that's so negative that they look at you and say, hey, you you know, real estate just overpriced, bad time to buy. It's almost like you yeah you know you, you like. well there's people
1: that are gonna make money and lose money in any market right so there's the extreme cases so like in the last few years let's be honest it's been very hard to not make money if you've owned some properties but there's some investors that are really clueless in what they're doing and they've lost money right and just like there's there's going to be in market downturns when people feel like there's no opportunity to make money they're going to be people that are, are able to profit in those types of markets. And it's not just unique to real estate, it's any market. So it, it's, I just think it, you know, if you are, if you educate yourself and make smart decisions and are willing to kind of have a little bit of hustle, you can make it work. Just It's not, it's not flipping rocket science, man. It's pretty simple stuff. You, it's like simple numbers. Every month you figure this out and you try to rent it out for that much or more. It's not like, it's not super complex you just need i think a lot of people just don't have the guts to try to take the first step that's fine if they don't or want the to or the
0: time to be fair everyone's
1: that's busy that's fair yeah but if and if they don't want i'm not saying it's a bad thing like they should be doing it cuz for not everyone wants to do it so don't do it i'm not i'm not trying to convince anyone to invest in real estate but i just think that realize that there's opportunities that there's people in your backyard that are able to make it work learn from those people and I, and this is goes beyond well beyond real estate i don't care if it's real estate or anything else if someone's be is able to be successful in something Try to see, search those people out and, and and learn from them there's lots of people doing lots of different stuff
0: Mike you're deal- you were dealing with those Hamilton TV city condos so that's that's Brad lamb who's was doing stuff in Toronto Is he now just going to the outskirts permanently like do you mm-hmm. know much about what his thinking is I
2: do yeah so um, it doesn't look like he's building much in Toronto right now just because of the cost per square foot so he's picked up six lots in Hamilton and this is one of the first lots off of uh, just off of Lock Street. In downtown hamilton and yeah it's there's nothing like this in in hamilton so it's good to see how this particular area is being revitalized and you can see it right now like down lock street there's a, a nice uh condo a six-story condo building that was built there 101 lock that's almost finished uh, these are higher end boutique condos it's the first you know of its sort to who's come moving
0: to. into this stuff do you know yeah so Hipsters. Th-
2: th- yeah that's yeah lock street is predominantly yeah you got um musicians chefs it's like toronto's moving into these key key areas and uh it's just up and coming trending trendy area um yeah it's hamilton you know they're known for the older buildings 30 40 50 60 years old Yeah, there's nothing like this nothing like this yeah so basically
0: hamilton's just becoming a suburb of toronto Mm -hmm, for sure what about yeah. um, you know what's freaky? Some of the stuff that you were sharing recently is some of these rent prices that uh, that we see. Nick's just dismantling the microphone off the desk; did it just fall off?
1: Yeah, it was falling off. We'll just we'll just put it so on you can the ground. It off the ground.
0: <laughs> um, you know what's weird? When you were sharing some of these rent prices, I just wanted you to share some of these prices, and I just want to start with the first one because you shared some. Pr- prices in Brantford well let me ask you first what are you seeing in Brantford as far as like rent or rental property rent prices
2: yeah Brantford's growing Um, that's one of the cities where we picked up one of our last properties actually and uh, that was a situation when we were involved in multiple offers Uh, so Sarah and I we went over asked I think we paid about 30,000 over asking I had no problem doing it because having a good property, a good area that really you're providing a good home and the tenants are paying down the debt anyways. So if you, if you pay a little over ask to me, just it's like Wayne Gretzky skating to where the puck, is going to go, not where it was. you just call be, yourself, the, you're the yeah, one. No, pretty the Wayne much. Wow. No, you know why? He you're actually. Just referring yourself his, to Wayne his Gretzky. Dad's And the put, properties in Brantford. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> around shit. the corner from where Walter Gretzky still resides today on a street called Variety.
0: So now you're trying to tell us you're friends with Walter Gretzky? Uh,
2: pretty close. I've seen him I've, I, when I've driven by. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. But uh, yeah, so sorry. So yeah, rents are, are much stronger there now. The, the demographic of the renter uh, pool is also uh, pretty strong there. Um, so yes, uh, most people are doing second suites there. It's you and the, the reason for that is Brantford has just much like Hamilton those wartime homes, those bungalows with the side entrance. It's very easy to convert these properties into second suites. Typical main floor, you'll get sixteen hundred, and then for the basement, you'll get fourteen hundred. So you're, you're bringing in about three thousand a month for that same house without. What doing did you the buy it for? Suite. Three, uh, I think list was about three ten, and we paid three forty two five hundred. And what would?
0: How long ago was that?
2: That was a little over a year ago. What
0: would you buy for now?
2: For, well, not taking not into consideration, yeah, that we yeah, did the second no, suite. No, yeah, you'd probably pay about four four twenty five. Okay, got it. And yeah. about
0: three thousand in rent a month. Yeah,
2: and if we didn't do anything and just rented that out to a family, the whole house would probably rent out for about eighteen hundred a month. So we're getting three thousand by just simply doing a second suite. You
0: know, and that's what freaks me out. When we started uh, venturing into Brantford, so for those of you listening who don't know, Brantford is what thirty minutes west of Hamilton. Kind of west? It, is it west?
2: You know, uh, n- n- so I th- I think it would be yeah southwest, but not even. 20 minutes 2015 yeah yeah it yeah. depends
1: because I mean what do you consider Hamilton because if you're talking Ancaster it's right up the highway right if you're thinking yeah. of other areas it takes longer sure
0: that's fair Yeah, I consider it 20 minutes but I drive fast <laughs> um I, I was just trying to be conservative 30 minutes yeah so 20 minutes mm-hmm. um for context, that's where it is. But when we remember when we ventured into Brantford, single-family homes. I remember in about 2007 when we went to Brantford, single full single-family homes were renting for about $1,200. Mm-hmm. There was no even concept, really, not this big concept of second suites of renting the top floor and legally renting the bottom floor properly. For sure. Um, I mean, they were around, but it wasn't like this kind of thing that happened. Now you're telling me in Brantford it would rent out for $1,800. Yeah, a single family home, or you can get three thousand by renting out the top floor for about sixteen hundred and the bottom floor for fourteen hundred. Yeah, that's just insane. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: No, the demand for that seems like crazy to me Mm -hmm. because sixteen hundred is several hundred dollars more than what we rented out a whole house for not that long ago. Yeah. So rent prices are completely moving for sure. That's a yeah. start. Astol- okay, um, Mike, can you give everyone some examples of some other rent prices in different areas? You know, areas some people don't
1: even understand rent control. So you guys are talking about rent prices moving and some people don't un- like okay, I mean yeah, some so- simple stuff, rent control. So explain it to them.
0: No, you explain it. No, I don't want I, I, I don't
1: mean to create work for myself. <laughs> well, no, I guess I guess right now and and you know, they might you can once a tenant moves out, you can rent it at market rate. There's basically no, you know, rent controls in place. So you
0: can change the price to whatever yeah, you can do. So get if you're renting something out for
1: fifteen hundred bucks and someone moves out to a new tenant, you can now and market rent is two thousand bucks, you rent it out for two thousand bucks. So if someone stays there, there's limits on the increase every year that you can do. Um, some some formula the government uses that no one's really ever which is always going to
0: be like by between one percent and two percent i think they capped it at two point something even. Yeah, yeah. it's been over every year yes yeah, but like you know that. what's astonishing that if you raise your rents on that like 1.5 percent a year or whatever it is it every helps, year, a little bit it, yeah. yeah no it adds up over yeah. several years yeah, for sure One point eight this year is that what it is yeah. this year but yeah, so if you are switching tenants, you can rent it out for whatever the market will yeah. bear.
1: So that's and that's what's caused a lot of you know the higher rent prices because as people move, then people can kind of it can you can keep up with with market
0: rents. So Mike, right. can you walk us through what you're seeing in some different areas just to paint the picture of what's happening to rents because this to me is like astonishing.
2: Sure, yeah. Uh, Welland, a uh, single family rental would is roughly about 1800 as well.
0: So like now, like Welland.
2: Well, exactly, yeah. What
0: do you think you got in Welland like even five years ago on yeah. a single family? It wasn't the same as
2: Branford. You had yeah, 1,200. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Barrie. Uh, we're doing a lot of second suites out there as well. 1,600 up, 1,400 for the lower level. That lower level being a typically a two-bedroom uh, self-contained unit and then the upper a three-bedroom. Separate bedroom. entrance. Separate entrance, yeah, self-contained. They're not sharing laundry or anything What's like that. the parking like? So depending on the city, so it's usually side by side. Okay, yeah. got it. Uh, uh, Single-family rental in Barrie has really uh, significantly increased in regards to the rent. We're getting around 2000 a month on for that. For what
0: kind of house? 2000 a month for It's probably going to be a
2: three-bedroom, yeah, one-and-a-half bath. Fully detached, detached. semi-detached? Uh, detached, yeah. Semi might get about nineteen. Okay. 1850 Okay. Yeah, Hamilton similar uh 1600 up 1400 down for for second suite easily 2000 a month uh in Hamilton for a single family rental right now. Uh Niagara Falls uh 1950.
0: That was for so 1950 was single for a single family, family rental. home rental. Yeah. And how yeah. much would you buy that property out in Niagara Falls for?
2: Niagara Falls you're looking at about 375. It's coming up to 400, but Got still it. really reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're getting a nice house in Niagara Falls with a decent lot. Uh, Oshawa, nine uh, hundred uh, for like a one-bedroom basement apartment in the basement, or about four fourteen hundred for a two-bedroom uh, unit down there. Saint Catharines, fourteen ninety-five for an upper unit and twelve ninety-five for a lower. So this twelve ninety-five for a
0: lower in Saint yeah. Catharines that you can get like that's get repeatedly or is yeah. that like what you're seeing on the high end of the range? Yeah, especially
2: when you're saying okay, so you're gonna get a three-bedroom upper for fourteen ninety-five and you're gonna pay two hundred dollars less and and go into a basement, but that basement is brand new. Okay, that is a brand. so this is
0: someone who's bought the home, yeah, r- uh, renovated the bottom floor, yeah. It's a nice bottom uh, basement, two bedroom, two bedroom, yeah. And they're able to get like thirteen hundred dollars. Yes. a month. yeah. Okay,
2: yeah. Uh, Guelph nineteen fifty. Guelph is a strong market for a single family rental. Second suite, similar numbers, sixteen hundred up, fourteen hundred down. And then London, London's a bit stronger on the second uh, suite numbers, sixteen fifty up and thirteen fifty down. And the reason for that is because in London. They call it an accessory unit and the second suite is not in the basement. It is a, uh, another building that was built usually to the side or to the back of the original home. So 1650 is what the family's renting out the home for the original home that was on that footprint and then 1350 for that addition that was built. That addition's typically about 800 square feet. It's uh, one floor living, two bedrooms, a bathroom and a kitchen, separate I- entrance.
0: It's separate, but it's attached to the house Mm -hmm. on the main floor of the house.
2: Yes. Yeah. It's ground floor living. Yeah. Usually off to the, like to one side of the house or to the back of the house. And what's that reference? What's that called? Uh, uh, Accessory? Accessory unit, I believe. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that just seems crazy to me that now like we're renting top floor on a second suite for more rent than we rented a whole house out before not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Like this is kind of like the demand that I think if, if we extrapolate this out like 10 years, like where are we headed? This yeah. seems insane to me. No. Yeah. Am I, I guess I'm the only guy that seems like I'm just astonished by this kind of stuff. And then Nick, what we're, we, uh, we're seeing um, sometimes I think we buy properties for different purposes. Like one of ours is an Oakville rental property that uh the rent is solid on that single family home that's that one's what 23 the rents lo- it's
1: actually low it's below market
0: okay the rent's low at 23.50 on that one but that particular one because in oakville the appreciation has like really marketed that. yeah so
1: when we bought that remember when we bought it we just felt like this particular area in oakville the prices had already started moving this thing was available um it was, we could have rented top and bottom. Um, we did for a little bit, then the bottom people moved out. We decided just to rent these people up top, wanted to pay more and just have the whole house. We decided that they were a good fit for it. So they've been in there for, for a while now. And uh, and they've been really good tenants. But when we bought it, we jumped on it because we thought that the values were moving because some had already had. And there was really no plans to even revisit this property. The numbers, the cash flow numbers on it kind of suck. It was like bre- basically break even. Maybe we make 50 bucks, 75 bucks, whatever. Um, but it was just simply like, hey, let's, let's, we, we think something's going to happen in this area. Let's buy this property, hold on to it for the next, I think we were saying 10 years. And, you know, that was three, I guess, three years ago or something we bought that property. We're like, let's hold on to it for 10 years and then we'll figure out what to do with it. You know, we have a lot in an area of, of the city that's being redeveloped. A lot of houses have already been knocked down and rebuilt. We could use it for something like that. We could we could hang on to it longer. We could do something else with it. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out then. So it wasn't this cash flow play that you know, like an you know the typical income property. It was more, it was almost very similar to the approach that some of those condo investors would take that we were speaking about, where they're not so focused just on the cash flow. They're like, look, I'm just buying. I just want this long term asset paid off by you know the majority of it paid off by someone else over those years, and that was the approach we took, and it's, it's actually worked out really well for us. I also
0: think just as your uh, life stages has changed, like when we were in our 20s, it, it was all about cash flow. Mm-hmm. Like it was cash flow, try to generate cash flow, but then as you get a little bit older, and you acquire a little bit of stuff, and you don't need like every little drop of cash flow into your life, you can buy properties purely for an appreciation play. So your strategies can yeah kind of if change. you have a
1: adi- if you have additional savings and finances around so you don't need to exactly. worry if there's a hiccup with the property yeah. you don't need the yeah. cash flow from it to always reinvest in the property you could take yeah. care of things when you need to. Yeah. There really is something to be said. I know in my life personally, you know, uh, looking back, it, I I never started investing with with the, like the goal to actually own assets. I was just like I don't know, I figure I'll buy some rental properties and you know they'll make some money someone will pay off the house and it seems to make sense like it really wasn't that thought out but looking back now in hindsight I'm like man for me I just feel like when you own assets it doesn't have to be real estate it can be other stuff but other stuff of actual value not depreciating assets and you know things like car like cars that end up you know every time you drive it is worth less when you own these things it just gives you a lot of flexibility financial flexibility in your life so like as you're able to acquire assets and it's something that we're never really taught like you're not taught about assets and liabilities really you kind of are just on like um like an income statement right right or a balance sheet for for a business here you know when you yeah take no one breaks stuff, it down but like owning assets really changes things because nope. then you can move those assets around you can trade one asset for two assets you can you can do all sorts of different things when you own assets and and in hindsight You know, I didn't really see that. I see it now, and I'm glad that I've, I've, me personally have taken that path, and it's something that I would continue to do. But it changes things for sure.
0: I think I kind of look. I think because now, uh, right about this time of year, some people are graduating from university and you know, getting into a career. I think the only reason people should get into a career is to earn income in order to acquire assets. Like that's it. Forget the whole career progression because who knows what the next twenty and thirty years is going to look like with algorithms and artificial intelligence and. Uh, all the changes in the career trajectory that anyone's going to have in all professions, like literally every profession. I literally look at earning an income as an excuse to get some money to then go acquire assets. Because I forget, Nick, I forget what book we were reading, but somebody gave us this awesome book where the guy, he's this guy, multimillionaire dude, and he breaks down, he says, you just want equity in your life just always get equity get equity in properties get equity in businesses and never give up equity mm-hmm. and i just really kind of we hit, like you're saying we always thought cash flow we never understood the value of owning properties for long periods of time. And I, th- I see some people, they'll buy properties. And Mike, I know you see this all the time. They'll buy properties for one or two years. It'll go up a little bit in value yeah, they cash and they out. need an extra hundred thousand dollars in their lives. So they'll sell it. And I'm always saying no, because if you keep that for another five or 10 years, that one single property might change your whole financial life well, instead then, of taking the hundred thousand dollars today.
1: Yeah, that's where you get the momentum, right? Yeah. The cash flow is important, though, especially when you start, because that's how you're able, like, look, yeah, like if you have just businesses, if you have equity in businesses that lose money, like I'm not, I'm, I'm all like, look, if you want to invest not for cash flow, but as if you try to acquire more things that have equity, you need, they need to have positive returns to be able to do that. I don't care. It doesn't matter if it's stock, like it doesn't matter what it is. You need something with positive returns to be able to allow you to acquire more things. You know, on a side note about the education thing, one of our past designers I was speaking to today, a graphic designer that we used to work with, went on one of these kind of freelance sites online to uh, register to do some freelance work. And that site said, you know what, we actually have so many people with this skill set that we just don't need you right now. No way. That's what I was told. It was so you couldn't mind. even
0: freelance on the site. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, and it, it just, it's so abundantly clear. I mean, there's different services with, with graphic design, but there's there's some great graphic designers out there. Great, great people. I'm not going to, like, I don't want to take anything away from them. It's it's amazing. It's stuff that I could not do. But it, it is do. a
0: skill that is being replaced. Yeah.
1: But, well, and here's why. Like, I couldn't do it, first of all, right? So I'm not taking anything away from them. I've seen you. You can barely write. I, stick, figures, <laughs> stick figures are very difficult. So...
0: <laughs> My writing's poor now too, so I'm just joking. No, no, it's fine. I'm just but letting. Yeah. You, I
1: want to let you finish laughing at your yeah, own no, jokes. Yeah, no, I was enjoying so I that a
0: lot because I was just thinking about your <laughs> so left-handed no. writing, and then when you smudge the page, if the pen's no good, left-handed people got it rough, man. Let's face it. Anyway, sorry. Go no, on. that's
1: fine. I, I See, I'm glad I'm not the only people person offending people. Now you offended all <laughs> left-handed people. We get special scissors though, so that actually work for left-handed people. But um, so. So it's not it's not just the, the skill set. It's it's what's happened with the Internet. Right. So there's this globalization of labor. So just like what's happened with, you know, Uber and, and the sharing economy, you know, so many people like if you just have that skill set that can be easily de- delivered vir- via a virtual experience, she's not up against competitors in Toronto. She's up against competitors all over the world. Right. So that skill set now, the value of that skill set, because where labor costs are in other parts of the world has been brought down, it changes things a lot. So when you're looking when you said you were talking about your kids about, you know, if they're graduating from university or they're looking to get university, what they're thinking about doing. They got to consider that with whatever it is totally. you're looking at doing and how it's not what what's happening locally, how what do what. What what's happening can, you're competing globally what the global trends what can the impact of global trends be on whatever it is that you're looking to do to supply an income for yourself your family and your life and right?
0: now we're competing not just globally we're competing against computers like with algorithms yeah. and ai did you guys see that google assistant thing mm-hmm. that just came out where the google assistant makes the restaurant reservation yeah nick did you hear that yet yeah you it's freaky mm-hmm. like the google assistant is basically it's so
2: accurate. Does it does not sound robotic or yeah
0: it's amazing. And then yeah. did you see the new Boston Dynamics robot that's like running through a little field and then hits a log and comes up to a log. Did and not see that one. Yeah, and the- it could jump over the log oh, and keep geez. running. And they made this thing look like a human. Have you seen this one yet? That company definitely is creepy. The no, Boston I like the Dynamics. one with the guy,
1: that the robot that was doing backflips and box jumps. Yeah, yeah, so it's
0: that guy. It's that robot. Oh. But They now have him running uh, running outside up a hill and he's running through a field, and then he comes to a log, he recognizes that it's a log, and then he does a two-footed planted jump over the log, and then keeps running.
2: Jeez.
1: Well, you know, someone was talking about different, like, sports even. I heard in the he's on his too. way to Mike's house. He's going yeah. to... <laughs> I'm but they're talking about sports in the future, and, like, you know, there's going to be opportunity for, like, robotic sports teams controlled by... Humans. Players. You, you know what I mean? Like... Like it's going to be all sorts of it, That's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Like if I can be a UFC fighter through some kind of robot and oh I'm controlling the UFC I mean,
1: fighter, then, then I'm interested. That would be great. But outside that of that, great. could you imagine stepping yeah. into like the octagon and getting the door shut behind you and like there's a guy over there that just wants to rip your head off? Yeah. I just turtle, man. I, I couldn't handle that at all. I just I think I'd pee my pants and just kind of curl yeah,
2: up in the ball. Yeah, I, I would run. <laughs> One of Tim Ferriss' uh, most popular books is that he's read and ref- refers to um, for, for people to read is uh, Ready Player One. And they just came out with that movie yeah that's right yeah, yeah you got to check what? that out yeah it goes along these lines of virtual reality it's it's pretty intense
0: yeah yeah, yeah. no that's definitely I gotta I gotta check it out
2: but going yeah. back to yeah properties and cash flow or not to cash flow so I have someone I have a childhood friend whose mom's retired the whole premise of her investing is strictly cash flow she needs that income but then I have other investors where they're like their income is already strong they don't want a cash flow they just want this debt t- paid t- paid down over the years but that's the last thing they want right now.
0: And that's who you're competing against as a real estate investor and what's driving demand. So when it makes it hard to find cash flowing properties, that's why, because not everybody is looking for the cash flow. Mm -hmm. You're competing against all kinds of different investors. And you know how we joke around saying it's so hard to find good investment properties and every year it gets harder? Mm -hmm. I just think every year it is gonna get harder. And and, and 10 years from now, we're gonna all look and say, if you didn't take the opportunity today to get one, like why? You know, mm-hmm. um, Mike, what are you seeing on the rent to own world? Like now that mortgage changes are tightening up, we're seeing a little bit more demand again in rent to own. For you know? sure. yeah. And
2: somehow, some way, although lending's getting tighter, I've had two rent to owns buy out recently. Really? So yeah. Which is good. Right. Good for these families. Like I, I applaud them. They did what they needed to do in order to, you know, take over the home. But, but you uh, didn't want to lose the asset. No, of course yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In hindsight. But uh, it, I knew what I was getting into. Um, but yes, rent owns are, are coming in strong again, and the down payments are, are, are pretty good too. These tenants are coming in with on average like the lower on the lower end, it's 10,000 a month, uh, sorry, 10,000 as their upfront option fee. And then the, the rents that we're getting, they're a couple hundred dollars more than what we're already getting on a single family. So if we're getting 2,000 a month in a particular area, that rent to own could be $2,400, $2, 2,500 a month. Uh, because of yeah. the credit So getting. it's
0: one strategy to do use cash flow, uh, yeah. to create some cash flow for sure. for a rent to own property. There's yeah. another one that you shared recently just to give uh, an example, the Hamilton fourplex numbers that you shared. Can you just share the numbers on that so yeah. people get an idea?
2: 790 was the purchase price, the rent was 4390, so cash flow was almost $700 a month on that that particular property. Then there was a triplex that we got recently in Kitchener. So that was the it got listed the day before the ice storm. I had three home inspections in London coming back in that storm. An investor out of Lancaster, who I already sh- sent him the property the night before. I'm like, hey, this just got listed. I think we should go see it. It's b- by the photos, it looked like you know, the best. This is the Kitchener Triplex? See. Kitchener Triplex. So I called him on my way back in, in that ice storm. I have never seen so many cars in the ditch on the way back from London. I'm like, uh, you know, do you still want to meet me? Do you still want to go out there? He's like, yep. I'm like, okay, let's do it. So we went out there, saw it, and sure enough, it was definitely the best triplex I've seen in over a decade. We put the offer in. Multiple, just give multiple offers or no? You know, who's crazy enough to go out in that ice storm? Do you yeah, remember that it. ice storm? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, got it. Yeah, good for so, you, good yeah, for you yeah, guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you're alive. Didn't waste time. Yeah, full price. Uh, got it and we closed shortly, but uh, yeah, really, really nice property. So Kitchener, Triplex? $650, dollars uh, 38 in rent, and that'll uh, cash flow a little over 830 a month.
0: Are they going to property manage that triplex? Yes, they are. Yeah. they're going to. It's be property a, man- an
2: investor that probably has about 10, 15 properties with us. He manages the properties Correct. himself. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Got
0: it. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Any other examples that you want to share? What about out east? You were sharing some Peterborough stuff, I think, recently yeah, too.
2: Peterborough, you know, your your dollar will go a little farther there. So low 300s for a property, and we can rent those out for a little over 3,000. These will be student rentals um, typically, and uh, cash flow is close to 1,000 a month on those, eight, eight, between 800 and 1,000.
0: Got it. And then um, I think we're all seeing different student rental numbers, but different places still. Well, what are you seeing in student Mm -hmm. rental land? How much per room? Yeah,
2: Sarah and I just closed on one last Monday. So um, imagine we had our, uh, no, Sunday. So um, our lawyer was kind enough actually to come to our house on Sunday to sign off on the paperwork. And we closed on Monday, five bedroom, five and a half bathrooms for the University of Western. Um,
0: five five bedroom five and a half yeah bathroom? so
2: every uh bedroom has a so, someone, ha- so
0: if someone has a dog they get the half yeah, bathroom. yeah okay no
2: that's the common the common yeah,
0: bathroom to use okay. yeah, for any guests um Th- i just thought of people partying and throwing up in that toilet I
2: don't yeah know why. so anyway. it's pretty well like you have your own apartment almost because you have your own bathroom and they're good-sized bedrooms so seven is it just
1: one room with a toilet in the corner is that what they consider the bathroom yeah 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 no no this doesn't nice. buy properties yeah, like that. yeah yeah
2: so uh that costs us 599 725 per bedroom it's a five bedroom so i think it's uh 3650 somewhere, somewhere in and around there per month
0: so, uh, and that includes what does that include that'll for?
2: include utilities but cash flow on that'll be about uh a little over eight a month on that one
0: and you're renting that out um one lease one everybody lease, to yeah. like a group mm-hmm. yeah are you property yeah. managing that or you have not a that man- just
2: because it's in london so we have a couple out there that's the only city where i will not uh, self-manage just because yeah that that commutes about uh, almost two hours but are other ones in cambridge uh, kitchen or hamilton stony creek Brantford, um yeah those those will do yeah, ourselves yeah okay. Why not? You're an hour away. I, I, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, no, you got to know what's some, going on before passing those I off anyways. Think, uh, ag-
0: agreed. That's yeah. a big point. I yeah. think, Nick, that's something that you've always spoken to. But before you hire a property manager, yeah. you should manage yourself just so you don't get ripped off. And
2: I got to tell you, like, and having, you know, I, I think we oh, have a be careful what you're saying. pretty here, decent here number here of properties. Comes. No, knock on wood. And I, I, <laughs> coincidentally, I was out of property gray, today. Yeah. yeah. There's hardly ever any calls. Got a weird one today. It was Hamilton. Tenants call me, say, Mike. It sounds like there's water running in the house. And when we shut off the main water line, uh, we don't hear it anymore. So I'm like, okay. So it sounds like something's running in the house, obviously, right? So I'm like, have you checked the toilets, the taps, you know, the laundry uh, tub and whatnot? They're like, yep. Yeah. They're like, can you call a plumber? I'm like, uh, let me come by. Because that just sounds, you know, a little strange. So I went by and showed sure oh, enough. So sorry, sorry. Ob-
0: yeah. when, when, when they turn off the main water line, they continue to hear? They the- do not. Okay. So something's leaking behind the wall. You would think so.
2: Okay. I so I go there um the valves open I check everything that can possibly put out water lift up the toilet tanks and there's nothing but and, you hear uh, the water hear the water so I call the city so the city's going to investigate it so there might be a small break in between the road to the house
0: huh so, and they when you can, can hear you, the water running well, from you, inside the house, well,
2: because if you shut off the water, the water can't get to the house, okay. so that it, that it could still spill out, sure, right? But yeah. as soon as we turn it on, that water continually is continuously yeah, so it's flowing. relieving the pressure on exactly. that little leak You don't hear exactly. it as much, possibly. We'll see what happens, right? But I mean, so I walk in, and these are this is a rent to own, so these particular tenants have been fantastic. Uh, they called me one time and said, Mike, do you mind if we put in a new kitchen? This is a Hamilton property that we bought years ago. What the kitchen saying, was about 30 years yeah, old. What you say? No, please don't. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to know. I'm like, okay, no problem, but you're going to need to send me, you know, uh, what kind of countertop you're putting in sink, uh, faucet, uh, yeah, uh you sink. to make sure what the cabinets, handles, backsplash. Kitchen. What's the design? Who's doing it? They sent me that and, uh, went in and yeah, the kitchen looked great. I already knew that though. Cause they sent me before and after photos and now there's new flooring in there. Landscaping is perfect. But uh, yeah, it, was a, it was a pleasure to see how they were keeping up the house.
0: And the water mystery continues.
2: It w- well, it, I literally just got back and sat in here. Yeah, got yeah. it. So I was going to uh, ask
0: you about another story right now that you're taking care of tonight, but we shouldn't even broker that what's story that? right now. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, why not? We, no. No? No, I don't think okay. so. Save it for another day. Don't bring up any names. Save okay. it. No, 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 Save that one for another day. Save that <laughs> <Well, laughs> one. Oh, I didn't know you guys were talking No, I didn't know what you guys yeah, were talking about. Just leave that one until yeah, we yeah. figure out what's going on and okay. okay. yeah. okay. yeah. the next time you're okay. on, yeah. we'll share that, that story. do That involves don't don't some bring, people's bring, personal situations. Yeah, don't have to bring up the names. Someone might connect the dots and that's too crazy. Yeah. Um Anyway, I think uh I just wanted to... Yeah,
1: the big point, I guess, in all this, I'll just sum something up that we're seeing is that look there's there's really two so we're still seeing demand yeah and it's not rocket science there's really two ways people are investing some of them are more focused on equity appreciation right whether it's more mortgage pay down or the expectation of of appreciation price appreciation which is never guaranteed right but you know if you have an understanding of of a lot of other kind of micro or macroeconomic forces it can give you some kind of you know certain not I don't want to say certainty but some sort of uh, infrastructure to 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 make your decision on and then there's the cash flow component of it which is cash flow is relatively stable even in different environments um, no matter what happens to the underlying asset, value so the, the property price the the cash flow is still there if you can rent out for cash flow now the chance of you being able to rent out for cash flow in the future very very strong uh, based on history in all sorts of different areas right so you look at that and that's kind of what we're seeing like Toronto's the hub of everything the closer to the Toronto you get as a rule of thumb the harder cash flow get you know the t- tighter cash flow gets, doesn't mean it doesn't exist doesn't mean it's not possible you know but if we have to kind of paint with broad strokes here that's the way we see it and as you go into the out, outskirts a little bit into the suburbs of Golden Horseshoe area um, still some very good uh, areas with population growth and jobs and, and new infrastructure being built public transportation roads all this all this stuff going on you can still get some good cash flowing properties too if that's the, that's what you're interested in so it's kind of there to your point earlier about where we live, man like so many people are looking for investments elsewhere like they're always looking like you know the you know the uh, what what was that book called Acre of Diamonds? Remember that little yeah, book? That's Acre right. of Diamonds. It was yeah. a really good short little book it was like 50 pages or something. It was a really easy read and it's just like man if you can't make something work right here mm-hmm. you're only complicating your life by looking elsewhere. We live in there's such a, a good amount of opportunity in so many different areas, so many different strategies right here. I'm not saying not to invest elsewhere, but just realize you're adding a layer of, of you know complication on top of it. And
0: there's this big trend, like we said with immigration, and there's also kind of freaky advantage that we have with being a population size as a country of about 36 million, living next to about 330 million, which is still the biggest, most dynamic open economy in the world. We're not going to talk about China today, but uh, but the U.S. is still the most open and most dynamic economy. And I remember, recently when we just put up that map at the Year Life Year Term event where we broke down america by gdp per country around the world Mm. and you see california does the gdp or it has the economy size of brazil with 80 percent less population new york state has the economy size of spain with 50 percent less population illinois has the gdp or the economy size of saudi arabia Mm -hmm. illinois texas has all of canada Mm-hmm. Like we just happen to be a small population, butt up right against this massive beast of an economy. And we luckily get the trickle over of that effect of of just happening to be in this particular location. So immigration next to a big economy around the Golden Horseshoe, we kind of have all these great cities. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I think we're fortunate.
2: There's lack of purpose built
0: rentals happening. Yeah. So all this demand coming in and yeah, no new rentals, exactly. be, basically leaving it up yeah. to... Individual investors yeah. to take care of that demand. When's the last time you really seen you know a decent load of
2: apartment building? And, and when they were, when
0: uh, when the liberals announced rent controls, Nick was talking yeah. about this earlier. How some of the developers that were going to build purpose built rentals pulled them off the market yeah. and are now selling them as condos. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what's another? So yes to that. You know what's another trend that you sent something to me. I don't know if it was Can Reed or some other of the REITs, but there's been a few of them now that um, a lot a, a number of these REITs um, are getting out of some retail, uh, not so much commercial. Yeah, that's but right. That's real That's Rio right. Rio Can. Can. That's that's right. But it was, uh, but there was a couple other ones that I saw. Actually, I don't know if I sent them to you. But anyways there's been a couple other ones that they're making some changes to their portfolios are getting less retail or they're selling off some retail and trying to get into more residential mm-hmm. um, so maybe they'll that'll increase some supply for pur- purpose for rentals maybe it won't maybe they'll buy existing stock whatever it doesn't matter it's just interesting to see how that level of money and where they're looking, looking. At, at opportunities as well right totally you, you, mm-hmm. you gotta you, we're and always monitoring I, that type of stuff and you know sometimes
0: people will come up to us and ask I, at this point they're well like you know hey guys if prices continue to increase, I don't get it. Who's going to be able to like rent these properties from us? And my point is always like, hey, shelter is a need. It's not like a want it's not that people won't be able to afford to rent they'll find a way to make sure that they can rent it's just that the, the rest they won't of go the, to
1: movies anymore yeah
0: their disposal the disposable income that's left after they pay for shelter is getting diminished and that's the destruction of the middle class that's the separation in the next 10 years that will completely separate people who own assets and those who don't and I don't even agree with it I don't like it I just want to be aware of the trend and share with everybody we can possibly share these ideas so that if you kind of agree or at least think about it maybe you can take advantage of them
1: too. Since you mentioned it, what's the URL for that report? No more,
0: yeah, so we took StatCan data to show income growth over the last like 25 years and Treb. Uh, real estate price data and map them against each other so you can see income compared to asset price growth and uh, no more middle.com. you can download the report it's I worth checking it, out it's I, worth, I think we, we have well, the green belt charts on there and we, everything
1: because when we saw those charts the first time they're, they were shocking do you remember Mike when we saw those things I was like holy cow I just didn't believe when you extrapolate them out how yeah because we didn't it's just crazy. go
0: historically then we took the average of that of both of them and extrapolated forward 25 years it's like shocking what's happening that to me is the destruction of the middle class that's what you know when you hear headlines about the wealth transfer and I can never like put my finger on it like what do you mean what's going on what do you mean there's going to be a wealth transfer like the the way the money system's working is that there's a wealth transfer happening it's basically happening with people who own assets and those who don't own assets now I kind of get it you know it took me forever anyway Mm -hmm. we can wrap on that so hopefully that gives everyone an idea of what's going on in the uh, real estate market around Toronto we'll talk to you soon Hey everyone, it's Tom Kratz. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. Um, If you're looking for any other real estate specific information, the best place to go to or the best thing that we can offer is rockstarinnercircle.com. On that site, you can get free digital copies of three different books that we've put together over the years. Income for Life has definitely been the most popular one out of that series. But there's another one, which is the Your Life, Your Terms book, which is chapters. Each chapter is a different investor sharing their story and how they've used real estate to accomplish some of their goals. So, that book's on. On there, you also have tons of links to different articles and blog posts and videos that we've done over the years and are still constantly adding to. You can get onto our weekly email list on there as well, where the Your Life Your Terms report goes out once a week. Um, you can also get access to registering for the class that we host, the introductory real estate training class that uh, myself and Nick are both at that class in our Oakville offices. You can register um, for that class on that site as well. So that's Rockstar Inner Circle. Dot com and if you have any ideas suggestions for this show um, guests that you'd like us to reach out to you can the, you can send us an email and the best email for that is podcast at rockstar So if you send an email to podcast at rockstar that message will get over to us Thanks for listening we're having a blast doing this show until next time your life your terms.